Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. Other podcasts are available through our website, brumradio.com. Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Hello, Keith. Good afternoon, Ryan. Hello, Philip. Hi. Welcome back, Nate. Afternoon, mate. Hi, Callum. What's up? Guy's in contamination, contagion, zoning off somewhere. He's went to see ghosts yesterday. He's in that mysterious zone from the movie Annihilation. He went to watch ghosts yesterday, not the Patrick Swayze movie either. But it's all of us, and we're here. And Nate, what have we been up to since we last spoke to you? Cool, what have I been doing? Uh, I've been uh, just lost a couple of days to Into the Breach, uh, which is a nice little pixel art strategy game from the makers of FTL. That's been fun. Um, been obsessing over the death of Stalin. Um, <laughs> not just in general, as in the movie. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm not upset <laughs> I will just like have this image of you like in a library somewhere with hundreds of tones going. But how did he die? But how? Yeah. Well, and, and even more recently than that, uh, you gave me the, the haunting revelation of the 2012 animated feature flop Food Fight, mm. uh, which I now won't be able to get out of my head. <laughs> Starring Charlie Sheen, Hilary Duff, and Eva Longoria. I think we should just put the trader out there one day randomly. Just see how many people watch it. So it's 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 well, it's, it's well deserved a re-release in the cinemas. I think right off the back of the animation works of Pixar. Uh, I I will fight you if you say it made like Ice that Age Four look good. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> how is there still that many Ice Age movies as well? I like they're doing the fifth one as well. Now. I mean, they could make one about like the last week in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just basically yeah, every every new iteration of that movie is just going to become closer and closer to present day and it's going to become an allegory for climate change yes well they're actually going backwards because they had like the first ice age was then they had ice age 2 which was the meltdown which was the end of the ice age then they had dinosaurs oh, yeah, then they had ice age a bit fast and loose with uh... Chronology. I want this yeah, to it's be. It's not proper. Jurassic Park here. It's not that. It's not that level of verisimilitude. <laughs> the other giveaways, they all talk. <laughs> You're telling I me not, not. I think it's not historically I think, accurate. I think it's genetically accurate that all woolly mammoths speak with the voice of Ray Romano <laughs> and Queen Latifah. <laughs> Do you know, I'm really sick of those constant. There's, there's a news story about every 18 months where it says. Russian scientists are on the verge of cloning woolly mammoths. Spoiler, they're never on the verge of cloning woolly mammoths. It's always that five years away thing, which is constantly... It's like how carbon nanotubes were supposed to like fix the world 20 yes. years ago. And they're still like, oh, in five years, everything's going to be new. I'm sorry, why would you want to clone a woolly mammoth? Why wouldn't you, you want to clone a woolly mammoth? Could you imagine? I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely imagine, like, you know, one-upping Bianca Jagger and arriving at the club <laughs> on a woolly mammoth. That would no. be pretty cool. Woolly but... mammoth, chunky knit sweaters. Uh, okay, you've got me. You've got me. Also, Skyrim LARP and the Flintstones <laughs> showed us you can do all of your plumbing with woolly mammoths. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also forgetting the most important reason for cloning woolly mammoths. Woolly mammoth toilet roll. 
What? Pandas pooing, <laughs> making toilet roll out of them. What, what would, would oh, it Oh, yes. Hey, Calling back, back for a few weeks. I don't think you were here for. We were basically like pandas in China. Their poo has now been turned into toilet roll because they eat so much bamboo and fibrous material. It oh. comes out. I mean, in, how very green of them. Yes. We crack the code. Well, brown. But. Of all the advertising <laughs> for toilet roll. Because all the animals that are depicted in the advertisements for a toilet roll brand, that's the animal the materials have passed through <laughs> oh. to make the toilet roll. Like the koala. Koala. Yeah. The charmin bear. Yes. The, the literally, the answer, answer to that question, <laughs> does the charmin bear do it in the woods? Yes, they do. Most definitely do. Now and I they want collect it and turn it into toilet roll. Now I want toilet roll advertised by a lion. Or just Jason Statham's face. <laughs> Phil Mitchell, just angry. <laughs> Had to get the EastEnders reference in with Guy Up in. <laughs> I did. I was thinking of Guy last night because I went on Twitter and I Phil Mitchell was trending. <laughs> I went on Twitter and Phil Mitchell was trending. That's was just like, Guy. That was just Guy <laughs> hitting the roof. Phil Mitchell, send. Phil Mitchell, send. Phil Mitchell, Hashtag send. Phil Mitchell. A social trend that would come to be known as Phil spamming. <laughs> I, that actually refers to something else that I do in my private time. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it always got me when I was a little kid with the whole association with toilet roll and puppies. Because it's like as soft as a puppy, but you know you don't want to wipe a puppy. <laughs> who won that? Who worked out how soft a puppy was to wipe with in the first place? That is a sick, sick individual. There's probably like you know, like the Scoville scale for chili. Yes, it's probably like a scale that shows. The proportional softness of animals to wipe your bum. chinchilla at the top. Yeah, just due to the third. <laughs> Are you suggesting we should wipe our bums with chinchillas? No, I'm just saying chinchilla really has is. the densest <laughs> amount of fur. I mean, if I were like fabulously wealthy, then yeah. If you're like Elon Musk wealthy, you'd probably just yeah. get away with it. <laughs> I would, I would wipe my back with a chinchilla, and then I would send it to uh, to reparative therapy <laughs> for it to help it get over it, and then reuse it next week. Yes. <laughs> no, that's even darker than single use. What is it? What has this podcast turned into? Oh no! When I get rich, Nate, I'm going to become a monster. <laughs> You're going to become a monster. So this is my theory. This is my theory about Elon Musk. The reason he wants to get to Mars so much is there is no laws over there, so he can do what the hell he wants. So he can hunt astronauts for sport. Yes. In that shiny red car. That actually sounds tremendous. Fun. He'll be doing donuts. Yeah, like imagine the... the film The Martian if it had taken a really dark second act twist where just Musk appears with a hunting rifle. <laughs> the harpoon. I, I, want, I want his spacesuit to look like an old colonial hunter with a pith helmet and an elephant gun. Why is this not a. Like, <laughs> he's ten minute in starts. And it with a Van Pelt mustache. Yes. I'm sorry, why is this not a movie? This sounds like an amazing movie. Manhunt on Mars. There we go. There we go. Geeky Ruby. Copyright. A Geeky Ruby production. (laughs) (laughs) We're just recreating here. I I want to make this for YouTube now. (laughs) We can find some sand somewhere. We can we can we can find a sort of desolate enough area of Digbeth that they yeah. pass on I mean, I could find this as I could find this a studio and some camera men. I think we've got, got enough facial operators. hair that one of us could shave into the old good old handlebar mustache. I think what we need to do is a CGI recreation of Lionel Jeffries as Elon Musk. That would work for me. Mm. I can live with that. Yeah. Gary Oldman. No. With his prosthetic work, he could get away with it. Nah. He's he's done. He's won his Oscar now. He can stop from dressing up as <laughs> other people and just be Gary Oldman in good roles. Do you want Leon here or Gary Oldman? Or yeah. 
Fifth Element era. Fifth Element better. Yeah. 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 Yes. Emmanuel Baptiste Zorg. Yes. Still a fashion icon to this day. Uh, uh, you're telling me. You're telling me. It's like, honestly, everybody now has shaved side of their heads flop over the top. I it, it it's a Luke. It's a Luke with a Q. That it's it's so strong. That film, I mean, you know, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Yes. I mean, it was 20 odd years ago, but still, it's, you know. It's one of my all-time favorite movies and I was so Iridescent dis- Pinstripes. Who knew? I was I so disappointed. Yes. <laughs> what, what was he doing with that? Well, maybe it's got like a little hose in, so like just get some water for his coffee out. <laughs> that was the. Oh, <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of millionaire or gazillionaire that I want to be. Wait, that film's a portrait of you in the future. Well, I mean, he has got my hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so disappointed in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets because it seen should. That. It visually, it's stunning. There is less plot than half a back of a fag packet. It's just an excuse to put Cara Delevingne and Don DeHane in lots of different outfits. How does it compare with the, the, the really mad one with Sean Bean and the bees? Uh, Jupiter? What's oh, that? it's much better Jupiter than that. Ascending. Yes. Sean Bean and the bees <laughs> is the name of my band. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like dra- dragging sandpaper across your eyes like Jupiter oh Ascending God. was. When Eddie Redmayne thought that he was doing Julius Caesar, and yes. it's like, no, 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 you're, you're Richie Rich, but on, on another planet. He did a lot of roaring, didn't he? So much roaring. He was trying to do Gary Oldman lay on bit with the everyone, yeah. but really badly. Yeah, and also, and like, it's like uh, you weird, got an Oscar. Weird, How weirdly edible? Uh, it should have been a case of that Oscar should have been rescinded. It was a case, yeah. yeah, it's like you, you Is might. Can you do that? I, uh, you know what? In this current era of hashtag Me Too, I feel like we should start looking into uh, retroactively rescinding awards. Well, this is why I'm asking. I but, wonder if you're a dirtbag. Sorry, you're cancelled, Hollywood. Bye. Well, I think if you, by yeah. it's like so. We've got the Halle Berry situation where she won an Oscar for Monsters Ball, and the year afterwards she wins a Razzie for Catwoman. Do they oh. now cancel each other out? So she's like award neutral. Yes, she has a, she has a neutral <laughs> award footprint. I think that's it. I think that's even better though like to that. get a Razzie and an Oscar. Because that takes some work. And she showed up in person to accept the Razzie, and I yes. think, you know what? Isn't she, the only per- isn't she the only actress or actor that's turned up to, to collect a Razzie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pure oh. respect. Nothing but respect. Mm. Wouldn't that whole idea just end up with Hollywood completely sucking itself into a tiny little hole and disappearing? <laughs> that's not where I thought I was going. Keith, like, <laughs> that's, that's called the Oscars. They do that once a year. <laughs> <laughs> I did love, actually, from this year's Oscars, the photo of Jennifer Lawrence just sort of wandering around, looking a little bit lost with a massive glass of white wine. I was like, that's me. <laughs> where did you find this photo of me in, in that couture? Talking of the picture that Guy sent us where he had Jodie Foster on crutches and Jennifer Lawrence next to her in heels. over her. So jo- jo- Jodie Lawrence is wearing flats and she's 5'3", where Jennifer Lawrence is 5'9". This is not that much difference, but she's probably got heels about this size on yeah, under it. Right, yeah. And it looks like she's just pulled Jodie Foster out of her pocket and <laughs> set her down next to her. But also the fact that Jodie Foster looked like she knew what she was saying. And yeah. Jennifer Lawrence was looking around going, where's the, where's the next... Uh, where's Glass the next of wine. What am I saying? What am I saying? They looked like that really friendly lesbian couple who arrived to gentrify your neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. So I'm Jody. This is Jennifer. She's new. The ones know. who get the paint out as soon as they drive up, basically to yeah. redecorate the front of the house. Yeah, she's like, this is Jennifer. Don't speak, Jennifer. You <laughs> <laughs> look pretty. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, Nate. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm having a good time, Ryan. Having a good time. Yes. How was your Lord of the Rings feast? That went massive oh, on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. So this was fun. Um, 
we did, um, me and my partner, uh, we decided to have a marathon of the Lord of the Rings film to commemorate my late father, who liked mm. Lord of the Rings and dinner, so we're going to <laughs> uh, recreate every meal from Lord of the Rings uh, for what turned into a 25-course odyssey, <laughs> trying to replicate everything that was eaten on screen. Not in the same quantities, I might add. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful. We fighted it all. Uh, we ended up being a, a moment on Twitter. Yes. Uh, reminded me they still exist. Did, did you sing Michelle McCutcheon to yourself when you <laughs> saw it? Martine McCutcheon. Have some respect. She was in EastEnders 20 years ago. Nobody cares. <laughs> but I've now written a full wow. video of how people can do an authentic Lord of the Rings eat-along, uh, which mm -hmm. is going to be online next week. What was your favourite course? Uh, meets back on the menu, boys, which was my favourite line from the Lord of the Rings film because it yes. suggests that orcs once had a conception of a menu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just orc restaurants now. Yeah, just like, what, what would be an orc amuse bouche? Well, I, I think just giblet. Civilized people. Yes. Uh, and the War of the Ring, as told by Tolkien, is history as told by the victors. Um, you know, and the, the orcs are just sort of made out of a bunch of brutes. It's racial profiling. Uh, because actually, um, there is a there is a theory that like you know Frodo and the elves are actually the bad guys because the hobbits live in the Hobbit neighborhood, segregated. The elves live in their special neighborhood, which is very fancy, yeah. and it's actually Sauron and Saruman who are bringing all these other races together, working harmoniously to achieve a common goal. There's a Russian novel called The Last Ringbearer that came out a few years ago. It actually addresses this whole theory. It's a retelling of Lord of the Rings. Love it. As if Tolkien's story is like weird propaganda written by men. It's a bit like Tolkien's version of Lord of the Rings is like HBO's upcoming Confederacy. Nice. Yeah. Think about it. I do like the orc thing, though, because I've just realised now that they look quite like a few of the guys that turn up on Saturday morning trying to show me how to make food. <laughs> <laughs> we did for that very look. For the meat back on the menu course, we made um, an orc's rib cage out of ribs, and I had a load of chipolatas that I cooked, and they were coming out like guts. Oh, wow. And then I, I, I used tomato paste uh, to draw an angry face on a biscuit with two hard olives as eyes and kind of tusks. And we ate the sausages out of the rib cage. It was really good. Oh, happy days. But I have one question. What about second breakfast? The other question I, I want to know desperately is what happened to your garden after you poured the fish gruel onto it? I'm imagining some kind of like Chernobyl like effect of like where everything grows surrounding it died off. The white tree of Gondor sprouted. <laughs> I'm the steward of uh, Miss Tirith now. <laughs> it's been pretty cool. I've got two sons. One of them, Sean B. He really likes these. Are you going to eat grapes very angrily on a table? Yeah, first tomatoes, 24 7. I'm kind of a bad man. <laughs> I used to be nice. Nobody cares anymore. Has Gandalf turned up yet? Started putting sigils on your front door. Oh, yeah. That was the, that was the sad thing. We watched the Hobbit trilogy the next week. Um, and then you. And yeah, they were the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they could have really made a good movie out of the one book rather than trying to make three movies out of one book. I should have been Del Toro as well. Yes. He was supposed to be originally, yeah, wasn't he? It? It's Peter Jackson was like, I want even more money. 
But then, if he hadn't got Ben, we wouldn't have got Pacific Rim, the amazing film. Um, <laughs> well, not from my airplane seat. It wasn't. <laughs> Phil, what have you been up to this week? Um, this week, I have mostly been drinking wine and watching <laughs> Jessica Jones. So every other week. Good week. <laughs> Good week. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I've been very busy cracking on with work, pitching to new clients. Um, uh, I, I wrote a, a piece for Grinder, basically fangirling Adam Rapon. I know that I've spoken about my love for him mm-hmm. on this podcast before. Who? The Olympic figure oh, skater. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I, I've been I've been pitching to new clients, getting work commissioned, and then uh, as uh, Netflix dropped. Jessica Jones on International Women's Day. I've been all about that. Wait, they released season two? Yes. Yeah. It's, kind, it's been kind of a thing. I didn't know that it was released. I knew it was coming. I didn't know it would be so released. Yeah, so, so this is what's really cool. They dropped it on um, International Women's Day because every episode of this new season was written and directed by that women. That I knew. That yeah. I knew. But I was... I, I, all I, how did I hear that yeah. they were all women in directors, but I didn't hear that it got released? <laughs> on Women's Day, yeah. yeah. So I'm halfway through. Ne- it's Netflix uh, yeah. have a habit of doing stuff like that, though. It's like, yeah, it's on now. <laughs> and they with the with um with this season, I mean they they they've released like a couple of trailers, so they've kind of been building like anticipation for it. But then it, it's always like it's always whenever something actually appears on the platform, it's with very little fanfare. Yeah, it's like lots of hype, and then oh yeah, it's here now. Yeah, and there's yeah, it's it's, it's like weird. That terrible Cloverfield movie, it was just like yeah, put it on. Oh well, I mean, I think in the states that was a very big deal because they yeah. dropped the trailer during the Super Bowl when when all eyes were on that one thing. So I think for an American audience, maybe it that worked. More. I know, but there is like for us, it was just like, why would you drop a movie on a Sunday night when we're all in bed? You know? Yes, Netflix is killing mid card sci fi, and I'm, I'm going to get get my. Uh... But the- Altered Carbon. <sighs> so, uh, uh, alternate title, So Many Boobs. Yes. The Too ex- Many Boobs. The Expanse. Well, The Expanse, well, the Expanse is, a, the Expanse is a sci-fi original. I think it just, yes. it's on Netflix in the UK. I mean, it, The Expanse is actually really good. Season 3 is coming next month. Yes. Is it? It is. Um, the, the actress that plays uh, Naomi Nagata um, tweeted uh, the, the teaser trailer for it um, oh, cool. yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like those books. are good. It was just weird how they ended the series like midway through the first book. It was like trying to do it as a cliffhanger. It's like, no, just give us the first. It just felt, it felt like a mid season finale rather than yeah. a season finale. It was yeah. like, oh, right. yeah. It, and then it's like, and then Netflix is like, right, would you like to watch something else? I'm like, well, no, I want to carry on watching this. What, what's happening? Where's the rest of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I really, really like um, The Expanse. But yeah, um, so Jessica Jones, uh, it's just one of the best Marvel properties, in my opinion, because I love. As we've said before, you know, what one, what works about Ant-Man was dropping a superhero into a heist movie. Yes. I love that this is a detective noir that happens to have some super strength in it. But really, it's mm. it's a perfectly told genre story. Awesome. Question for you. Um, their timing was amazing, releasing that on International Women's Day. Um, what about the other end? Do you, think, do you think maybe it was to draw heat from them announcing Favreau... Another white man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the left hand, yeah. the right hand, taken away, right? They're like, oh, here's this amazingly diverse film in Black Panther, and then we've just commissioned another white guy to be in charge. But yeah, then here, but then here's a woman. It's, it's. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the cinema universe is far enough removed from the Netflix I think universe that Favre, it's kind of separate. I do think Favreau deserves it though, because he started the whole MCU ball rolling. If he hadn't made Iron Man. We, he w- we wouldn't be there now. And I think that's what they want to try and kickstart this live-action Star Wars is getting somebody with that pedigree and yeah, 
fantastic. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm on board only if we get Chef Favreau, not Iron Man Favreau. Yes. His, his, his kind of uh, live-action Star Wars series is about the catering in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Didn't he play a chef in Friends who went out with Monica? Oh, no, no, he was he a millionaire. Was a, he was a billionaire. And she was the chef, that's right. Yes, he was a billionaire who owned his own MMA ring. That's right. Yes. I want to see Star Wars, as I said, Star Wars the soap opera. That's where Star Wars shines. I want an adaptation of Tales from Jabba's Palace. Yeah. Yes. Because that book Kevin Jones. killed it. Um, I can't, yeah, oh, that was something I pitched at, uh, to something actually. It was um, after the solo trailer dropped. It was, okay, we've had that prequel that's utterly unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I, I want, yeah, like other sort of unseen, untold stories from that universe. Yeah, because yeah. the, 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 every movie in every movie you see that they've built this massively rich world, but the most interesting details are on the fringes that you barely get to see anything. Like tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. That's exactly. I, I, I want showgirls in Moss Eisley. <laughs> I want it to be about like Couple two, of two yeah. rival like bands, yes. and like just cutthroat showbiz of like who gets to play in that cantina. Yeah. Would you like to have all of my money? <laughs> I think that's yes, still you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> still don't think that will be enough for George Lucas. They'd be like, no, it's still in the pocket. Sorry, now it's Disney Overlords now, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be cute and cuddly. You can't have mature themes anymore. Well, I mean, we could do an action figure of like the space Nomi Malone <laughs> and space. Kevin, what's his, the guy from Twin Peaks? What, what? RuPaul's Drag Race Star Wars Edition. <gasps> Oh my god, drag, <laughs> drag queens in space! <laughs> Jabba the Hutt, shashay away. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt, your look was... Oh, 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 I, I can't. I, just like, takes I, I'm trying to think of a pun, to, but it's just it's too warm in here and I can't think of it. It takes about ten minutes for the hut to like slowly <laughs> slide away. Leaving like a snail trail on the runway and then all the other girls like slip over it on their high heels. <laughs> This is the future liberals one. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is the lens through which I perceive the world. <laughs> Keith, what have you been up to this week? I'm just stunned at how awesome all of that was. <laughs> um, stuff, bit of this, bit of that, bit of the other, bit of not being close enough to the microphone. Um, <laughs> you know, um, what I did decide was that uh, all the stuff about the Oscars that I wanted to watch wasn't on the. I don't. I'm not interested in the actual awards. I was like watching the Sky coverage because I don't I don't have one of those extortionally expensive packages that allow me to watch loads of crap movies twenty four hours a day. It's pretty much the zenith of sycophantic backlapping, isn't it? The Oscars. Well, they didn't even have the. I like the I like the in memorandum bit, you know, to kind what, of like the, where they didn't even show, even show Adam West. Yeah, I saw a bit kind of like. No. I want to see the song and dance routines. I want to see the hugely badly choreographed yes. and um, and worked out because the set was awful this year on the Oscars. It was shocking. It was unbelievable. But I wanted to see all the incidental bits. I want to see all yeah. the crap bits. I don't want to see the awards because I know you don't want to know who it's them. sponsored by. Yeah, mm. um, and I've realised as well I should bet on all of these bloody film award things. Or, or it was never Get Out was never going to win because they gave it to a black movie last year, so it's got another thing. Of, oh, you know pretty much exactly what's going to happen. Who's going to win? Who's going to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, kind it's of not, like they always have to share it out and pretend it's not we're a particularly, all liberal. You know, insightful uh, event of like, oh, these were the greatest films of the year. I mean, like, I'm watching a room full of millionaires not. saying about how we all need to pull together and become one and not pay taxes. <laughs> yeah, and all getting gifts yes. and stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's under my seat this year? It's an iPad. Yay! And the other thing I've realised is that I'm possibly the only person in all of existence that's watching Dirk Gently on Netflix. 
Oh, no. I, I watched both seasons. I love it. It wasn't. Oh. It's Two people. as good as the BBC Three adaptation. Yeah, that was okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's completely... It's taken the character's name and basically nothing else. Yes. But it's so bonkers and entertaining... And it's just, yeah, yeah it's really, It's really so fun. deliriously insane. I absolutely love it. And I've, all the older characters are just fa- fabulous in it. And it's like, yeah. oh, wow, more people but watching Steve it. Well, and unfortunately, it's not, not, it's not being continued. Yeah. Yeah. But Stephen Mangan was perfect in the BBC Three. But I love the actor who plays <laughs> it in this one because he plays it so, so yeah. differently. Yes. Um, and Elijah Wood is really, really good in it as well. Farrah Black is amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And there's a cute Corby. What, what, what more do you need? <laughs> what was this half yesterday about new hitchhikers on the radio? Oh, it's the hex. Yeah, it's the it's the. Is um, it the um... it's, they are doing a brand new recording of and another thing, which is mm-hmm. the sixth book in the trilogy. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. The one that wasn't written by Douglas Adams. It was written by was it Cole, the guy yeah. who wrote Artemis Fowl? What's yeah, it's name? basically. I, I, and he had oh, like, yeah, 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 and he had like Douglas Adams's notes basically. He was trying to just. Mer- oh, I'm just not it's it's I, I don't like it when people revisit deceased authors' work. I mean, uh, that's why I really like, like how Rihanna. Like hundred years out of copyright. Yeah, like the Stephen Baxter thing. Yeah, the sequel to War of the Worlds is pretty cool. But, but like how Rihanna Pratchett said, I'm not doing a Discworld novel. You go away. No, yes. nobody could write a Discworld novel. Yeah, nobody no. living could write that. Uh, that's, it was such a and and I mean, you know what? There's what like forty books. We don't need another one. There is a yeah. wealth of material yeah. to enjoy. It takes a lifetime to read them all. Yeah, we don't need. New content, and that, but, that was a beauty about Terry having the whole yeah. part of his stuff rolled over by a steamroller. Yeah, that was just brilliant. Make sure nobody could do that. Yeah, oh, man. But we are going to get a TV series adaptation, apparently, <gasps> which of Nightwatch, which I'm very upset about because now Pete Hustlesweight is no longer with us. Who will play Sam Vimes? Mm, yeah. Wait, is it Nightwatch specifically? Yes, it's it could be called the Watch. I, but it is it's going to be and uh, no, it's no, it's just going to be a TV series with the set, night, I mean, with the watch. Oh, not the book, not not the night watch. I mean, yeah. speaking of like untold stories from amazing locations, Ankh-Morpork Pork is just like it's not been done correctly. I don't think the Sky One adaptations have been good, and they've been trying to be faithful, but it's never oh, done I mean, that. Hudson and I quite like Lady Mary from Downton as yeah. Death's granddaughter, but Hog's father was, was really yeah. good. And I quite enjoyed going postal. But uh, Colour of Magic was awful. Tosh. Did, what, they did Colour of Magic? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was uh, appalling. And it was David Jason as Rincewind. Even yes. though he also played the butler. Ridge Cudley. And yeah. Samwise yeah. Gamgee yeah. as Two Flower. It, it was, was just, just it was mess. awful. Okay. It was really bad. <laughs> yes. It, yeah, it, it, they didn't really put enough thought into that one. I, I feel like uh, a YA series about um, Tiffany Aiken. Oh, God, that would be I so I love amazing. the witches novels. They're yeah. my favourites because that's, that was my entry into it. Yeah. Um, I, my first Discord book was Masquerade, and it starts with a direct parody of Macbeth, and it's yeah. just perfect. Um, so I would love a story about like teen witch in, in Discworld. Uh, Nicholas Cage is Nanny Og. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you heard about this thing with what's going online with something called Deep Fakes? No, which no. is basically where you they take an act they set up AI programs where you can take somebody's face and paste them over the top of somebody else in the movie. So somebody's currently going through loads of movies and just putting Nicolas Cage in random scenes, Amazing. like just pop, popping his face over the top of everybody else. I mean, if you ignore the incredibly sinister yes. implications yeah. of yes. future media corruption, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's basically just like this AI machine learning thing of you can take like a hundred photos of somebody's 
famous's face and then like smack them across but using else. Nick Cage that just feels to me like a lot of films in the uh, late 80s <laughs> early 90s so well, well he's, he's got, in a lot of things anyway. Back, he's yeah. got taxes to pay that man <laughs> he's gonna be in everything forever <laughs> can we look at the more important potential aims of that though that we could te- that if they allow video profile pictures we could have interactive show images where we just put the faces on. Are you trying to think of, like, in Harry Potter where you get the newspaper and you get, like, a gif built in? Yeah. But, like, you know how we have, like, the show pictures? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with our faces over the top. But, like, in video form... I can just see Keith's face falling apart here. It's <laughs> like, how much work would this be? <laughs> <laughs> as, much, as much as I am, am, you know, admire the ambition of the younger members of the team. Yes. Yeah. I wonder when it's going to be possible to get animated tattoos... Why would you oh. have, um, figure that's coming, huh? Well, you can get the, you can get UV, and you can get the. I think they're looking looking at holographic paint for now for tattoos. Like so it shimmers. Sort of or LCD kind of business. Yeah. It would. Um, nanites. It's my bet. Nano, nano, nano. Well, yeah, no, because I, 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 the I, ultimate hand I, wave of any novel, isn't it? In yeah, the last, <laughs> in, in the last Becky Chambers book, there was somebody who had a moving tattoo, and it was nanotechnology under her skin, and that was what enabled it. And as we all know, sci-fi is real, so yeah. yeah. So but, you can have an animated tattoo of your own face. Oh, what Nicholas Cage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's literally my dream. But oh, to look down and just like, see just but myself you know, on my arm. But well, you, I, you know that heat reactive paint you can have, like Rorschach's mask in The Watchman, which like that, really, that would be really cool as a tattoo because like if it's hot or cold, it changes shape. Yeah. It's probably just, very poisonous to humanity, but it would look really cool whilst dying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just love to get Nicholas. A Nicholas Cage's face, just like tattooed, like model size on my face, just like over the top. You are crazy, aren't you? Yes, a little bit. And, but then you'd have to put John Travolta's face over the top of it. <laughs> good, very good. Talking of weird face things, I found a face mask machine, machine in Lidl today, and it was the most creepiest thing I have ever seen. I sent you guys the picture. <gasps> It looked very like American Psycho. Yeah, it's basically... All, but also that photo of Dwight from The Office where he has ham on his face. <laughs> it's... I'm going to show the picture today. My, it my was daughter like... does, has bought these little face pack things. And when she puts them on, I do say she either looks like the old lady at the end of Brazil. Or she does look like something... Like Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter, yeah. I mean, is... skincare is important, you guys. I did a face mask this morning. <laughs> I, I do one like every three days. Could you imagine trying it to? It dries out the skin. It doesn't exfoliate. Oh my! Oh my! How, God. how does oh it work God. with the beard? That's what I've been using for the last. So I'm just years. like pulling you just use bits it, out. You, you just use it on the top half of your face. Yeah. Don't put it on the beard though, because there's, there's the peely ones that will pull the follicles out, and it's like having a wax. Alternatively, Believe just me. don't have a beard. Actually, I'm going to show Says the guy, guy only going to really can't grow one. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, puberty will hit any day now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so hot. Shave on Monday. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. I haven't been yeah. in a long time. Oh, and, oh no! <laughs> and that was twenty five pounds in little. If you do want to buy one this week, I mean, oh. I'm, 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 I'm like being tempted. 
I think having a red coloured one. Wa- yeah, I think. Uh, actually, I <laughs> the minute you said that, I was like, mm, actually, yes. I think. Right. <laughs> I think having it red coloured didn't really help with the imagery of the picture. It so just. You know, in Alien Resurrection. Yes. Uh, the sort of weird alien-human hybrid thing, and it's got like kind of a horrible meaty face. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's what, what that's that really yeah. Funny, yeah. It's just the whole. Alien Resurrection, not as bad as I think it's culturally remembered to be. Oh, in comparison to Prometheus, it's like light years ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. it's better than the third one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Working on dangerous ground here. Yeah, I but mean, the third one's just bad CGI. If, if they'd done the third one, which never existed, which was the, the wooden, wooden spaceship in space, in space yeah. that would have been so been amazing. Some wood, yeah. I mean, the, Resurrection's got to get out of jail free card by having me known a rider in it so it's yeah thieving stuff offset <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'd like had to pat her down on the way out <laughs> well no this was pre uh scandal wasn't it Did no it was during it? wasn't it she winona rider was famously like had to go to court for shopping, shopping. really she's, oh she's a proper klepto well you know, know this is she a crimer Yes, know that. yes, it but was a as, huge thing. As she was Hollywood, no prison. It was straight yeah. into the oh rehab. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Crime. Can pay. Well, we we have previous. Right now she's the star of a Netflix show, so you know. <laughs> but we have previous. Know. Anthony Warrell Thompson got arrested for shoplifting a few years ago. Oh, I remember that. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it can't be that bad in the restaurant that you're having to steal stuff from Tesco. <laughs> It was, so like a, it was like a block of cheese. Yes. Yeah. I did find out, thanks to breakfast though this week, that you can steal up to a hundred quid's worth of stuff in shoplifting, and you know, the, the shops are kind of going, "Yeah, well, it's not worth it." Well, now probably the time to admit that when I was seventeen, I stole the greetings cards. Nate, you criminal! Yeah, I did that. I'm a crime. So what we've learnt from this is either only steal a card or become a celebrity, and you'll be fine. There we go. Grapes. Life you've, advice. You've got to test the grapes, haven't you? That's basically no. every. That's basically every. <laughs> I, I once stole a sprig of mint because I was making pims and I didn't want to buy a whole potted mint plant, so I just sort of pulled a little sprig out and stuck it in my bag. How old were you? Oh, this was like last year. I tell you who the biggest shoplifters are: little kids in trolleys. Oh, because they're always being given like pots of yogurt or grapes or and apples. They just eat, and they just eat them. They yeah. eat the evidence. It's all and then, before and they then, the, then the empty they, pot they arrives. Pick stuff off the shelves when their parents aren't looking. Yeah. But that's why you get empty pots of stuff all around the supermarket. It's detritus from children, That'd sticky really fingers. Interesting challenge, actually. Finding the foods with the least packaging and seeing if you can conceal them for security sites. I'm thinking of like the charcuterie. Like those rings of tourettes. Oh. Like, could you walk down the whole one there before a bloke saw you? Just like, someone comes around the meat aisle to find you desperately packing. I just got this horrible living around deep through the chorizo sausage. Yeah, that's it. Well, they're, they're, they're kind of horrendous curve as well. Difficult. I could do that. I love how that's what you were thinking when I was thinking, I wonder if they could make a supermarket where they're not allowed kids. Yeah, no, or just day. like a whole <laughs> gated community where children aren't allowed, wouldn't that be amazing? That would genuinely be amazing. Can can someone the, make that a thing? The one joy when I used to work nights at Pizza and finish about two a.m. was going to the supermarket. <laughs> it is an otherworldly experience going oh. mid, midnight shopping yeah. in any supermarket. Yeah. It's great because it's silent for a start off. But it's like it, it's eerie, and you feel like anything could happen. You feel like you're turning up into an eighties horror movie where it's like there's barely any people in the shop. You can feel like they're about to turn the lights out and pull the shutters down at any point, and you're going to be trapped in there with somebody who's probably not going to be a nice man. 
<laughs> and you're like trying to run for the delicatessen counter to see if you can slice them like way thin out. If you were trapped with a maniac in a 24-7 A stale baguette. Don't supermarkets sell knives? If, uh, if we say only food. Oh, I was going to say, or well, in America, a gun. Yeah, well, you have to have one of them. You basically got an armory. Tin tomatoes have got a bit of heft. I'd be in the tin goods aisle and I'd just be pelting the guy with Campbell's. If they did those like big wholesale five kilogram tins of beans, one of those oh, gaffer yeah. taped to the end of the mop. You could, or I would just, I would, I or you would could pelt do a bottle of like milk, like a, a gallon of milk down the aisle or down everywhere. Right, home alone. So he can't come to me without slipping over, and uh, I'm like, bam. He was face, me thinking milk. like. It was me thinking like Donkey Kong standing yeah, on the top you know, of the till, rolling, rolling down the aisles, <laughs> rolling the world, <laughs> rolling down, down the check climbs up and goes over the top. <laughs> also, could he not just wait until the milk's dried? So you guys heard of that film Food Fights? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this a precursor to The Mist? Yes. <laughs> I get what I call the Asda madness just in the order of shopping because every person that goes in the supermarket is mentally unstable. Callum, what are you doing this week? <laughs> Not going in supermarkets. It's been like an hour and we haven't even got into the main part of the show yet. <laughs> Has anybody fancied you this week? Uh, only a few. That's fine. Have you been riding horses around Birmingham again? Yes, I have. Um, right, explain this to me because it just sounds weird to be riding horses through the second city of Birmingham. No, it's not. it's not in Birmingham. It's outside of Birmingham. It's in like the rural area. Like um, just Solid just Hull? a general rural area. I think it's in like I, my geography's <laughs> terrible. My geography's terrible. Area. I can say I, I can't it's... tell that you did geography GCSE. It's like city, I didn't. I didn't. Rural area. <laughs> See, like Australia, where you have town, the bush, the desert, and that's it. So anything between the town and the town of the desert is just bush. Don't forget, he's got to follow water. <laughs> ah, yes, true. Um, so I think it's like I think it's Sully Hole. I think. Sorry if it's not, but anyway. <laughs> It's like that sure, sort of forgive you. <laughs> rural area. Um, yeah, no, it's just riding a horse around and learning to ride horses. What kind of horse? I don't know, a big is one. It, is it called Binky? Please tell me it's called Binky. They have different names. If I, I want a horse, I will always have... If I ever get to owning a horse, it will be called Binky. Can you draw a horse? I can draw a horse, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't right now because I don't have like a pen of paper. Mine always ends up looking like really ill crocodiles. Sort of like it's really, really hard to draw a horse. Paint. It is really Always hard to draw. It's not natural. This this is why I think Bojack Horseman cheats by only having the horse's head so they can get away with having to draw the body. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, 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 it's true of like every animal in that show. They all have like humanoid legs. Yes, and hands. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't hold like alcohol with hooves. I've tried. <laughs> is that a fancy dress costume you've gone wrong at some point? Actually, last year... I'm just going to imagine you with that gift with the, with the deer from Adventure Time taking the hooves off and going... <laughs> my, um, my friend did go with Bojack um, for Halloween last year. It was pretty cool. I feel like that could be a pretty fun game, like just trying to hold alcohol with a hoof and like drink oh, it. Oh, like have it resting on the hoof? Like a, like yeah, a yeah, yeah. So like have got, it just like a fist. Got, yeah. You could get a wine glass in there quite comfortably. Edward well, yeah, but that means you're restricted to only being able to drink wine. You That's can't enjoy anything else. You guys' sense of fun is just far too bizarre. <laughs> like four I'm, hours trying to balance a cup. Like imagine, imagine trying to imagine trying to balance a like a pint on like a hoof, like and then trying to drink that. Or oh, imagine try, trying to eat a pack of skips with a hook for a hand. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could 
put the put through the skip. It would, it would shatter. The integrity of that snack food is just like. Woeful. I feel like this could be a fun game. I feel like we could <laughs> find somewhere. Just go out and get like. Let's a all pretend to have disabilities like a... and see how difficult life is. Let's have a hoof and a hook and let's see which yeah, one's the massive Like guys, get woke. <laughs> Don't the horses negate all of this by just not using their hooves for picking up stuff? And they, they just lean yes. down and yes. grab it with their head? Yes. Oh. But anyway, so that was mostly my week. And then just going out to pubs and getting invited to stuff for free. I'm finally starting to get invited to stuff for free. It's great. Is that um, to avoid you going somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> is this Callan, your... go here. It's free. <laughs> is this your girlfriend like saying, this is free, go do that? Well, no, it's like most, most of the week I've just been invi- been getting invited to various poetry events in and around Birmingham and the surrounding areas, which is quite nice. When have you fitted in your book learning? Sounds like a very busy week. When My book you, learning? Book learning, you know, your educational needs. You know, the thing oh, you're paying... Oh, it's not. It's not. It's falling behind, but uh, that's fine. The be- thing you're paying quite a lot of money for. Which it you're is work-related. I'm going to all these your work, but anyway. What do you study? I study media and communication. Cool. Um, but I'm doing a documentary. It's going to be upcoming. It's not coming out for like a couple months, so you've got a lot of time to wait for it. Can we guess the title? Why does everybody fancy me? <laughs> the documentary. <An> Navigation. <laughs> Navigating by water. <laughs> Once um, again, walking down the streets, at least 50 people came up to me and offered me their telephone numbers. <laughs> no, it's called, it's called Poetic Perspective, and it's about poetry in the Midlands. Um, so, subtle plug, but it's not going to be out for like two months, so... Don't go too crazy about it. Rob, it's, it's just you mocking a horse as it fails to eat a bag of Watsons. It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just ableist. Yeah. Horse like with just hooves, like... you can't pick up because you... Language. Uh, you... <laughs> horse with hooves, you can't pick up things. That's humans. We have hands. We're so much superior to you. I, ju- I just have the, you know, that image that goes around online like with somebody with a stick just saying, come on, do something. <laughs> Callan just doing that with poets around Birmingham, <laughs> just walking up to him with a stick and just like, <laughs> make rhymes, <laughs> Do <dudes>. poetry. <laughs> That's basically been my week. That, going to the pub. And last night, actually, I did have some random girl come up to me and start trying to dance with me and literally and then you realise you were in the mirror no no, no. <laughs> that has literally happened to me <laughs> but like... I, I made out with my own reflection at once in a night out in Blackpool oh wow yeah I mean, Best I've ever had. The, the worst thing, though, is she was about a foot away from me, and there was, like, a bar behind me. And so she started moving towards me, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to try and tell you that I'm not interested, so I'm just going to move away from you. So I just moved backwards to the bar, and then she just followed me, and it's like, get and get you the like idea drop- that I'm not interested. Had you, like, dropped your wallet, and she was just trying to give it back to you? <laughs> I don't think so, because, like... Literally, she got like a few inches away from me, and then it's, she obviously realised I wasn't interested in her because I was completely ignoring her. And then, so the decision she made was to move to my friend that was standing next to me and start dancing, trying to dance with him. Well, it's a numbers game. She's going to get scum eventually. You know? Wait, if I wasn't interested, why did she make him be interested? <laughs> oh, are you because saying attraction you're... is subjective, Callan, and I'm sorry that you're such a prince that this girl wasn't good enough for you, but maybe your friend would be more interested. Oh my God, get over yourself or gird your loins and check yourself into a prison. Right, we know you look like Benedict Cumberbatch. Does your friend look like Martin Freeman? Was right. she going for I, the home I, I will show you a picture of my friend because he looks nothing like me, so obviously if he wasn't mate a doesn't thing, look like Benedict Wong, <laughs> then I'm going to be upset. It's Martin Freeman, it's the Sherlock room. Well, Sherlock, no, it's, it's Doctor Strange and Benedict Wong, that's what we want. Again, that movie, why find the two people in Hollywood called Benedict and put them in the movie together? Well, they were, weren't they? You know that. Yes. Right. 
I'm, I'm imagining they were drinking Benedictine wine. <laughs> they were there. Right. Not just racially, racially, but he does not look like me in any conceivable way. He's cuter than you. Yes. <laughs> she should have started with him. <laughs> Maybe she was working up. Maybe she was just going straight for him and Callum was like getting in the way going, oh, you might not fancy me. You know what? Oh my God, I know what it was. She was negging him. She was like, I'm not going to go straight up to the cute one. I'm going to flirt with like, you know, the grenade first and just pretend to be interested in him. And then, then he's, that's going to pique his interest. Is that something that happens a lot to you? Oh. Are you always that friend? Callum, you and I are going to have words outside. <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed that Callan's story didn't end up with him going over the top of the bar like something out of Only Fools and Horses. spinning around. (laughs) Ryan, what have you been up to this week? I've joined the delights of little middle aisle shopping. And I found the world's most passive-aggressive snack. What is it? I I have saved some for us all. There's only three of them, so we'll have to share. But how passive aggressive is that for a name for a stack? It's just take it. Take it. Take it now. Take it. Take it. <laughs> but they are take it chocos from Sondi. I'm in. So do we want to enjoy? I'll take it. I'm, I'm quite happy to pass over this to somebody else's. Uh, so take. what are they? I, I think as a non-food blogger, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back because obviously my expert opinion isn't, isn't as good. It, as it was just the way it was like the most passively aggressive item I have ever seen it's for a snack. It's just very <laughs> aggressive, and I'm kind of into it. <laughs> it's like you will eat me. This is a snack that knows what it wants. It wants to be taken, and I respect that. Vocalize and articulate your needs. That is the only way to get what you want in this life. Isn't it just a top biscuit? It is, but but with um, a alternative branding. Yes. I'm getting topped by a snack. I mean, it's... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. That is phenomenal. Mm. Oh, my it's, God. It's, it's two biscuits. I'll with take it, cho- yeah. With a chocolatey middle. <laughs> I approve. I approve. <laughs> but it's a good chocolate. It's fine quality biscuit. There's no musty preserved This is the first good this, thing I've had from Lidl. This is, the, this is the thing with Lidl. It's either astonishingly good for little to no value... Mm. Or awful, there is no in-between with little stuff. It's kind of... You don't know what you're going to get until you try. That was really good. What, what, what does UTZ certified mean? Because <laughs> that's on the labelling. <laughs> I'm just wondering what that means. Is that like an alternative version of the FDA or something? Could be. By eating this does that mean it doesn't die. make the FDA? <laughs> I'm going to Google that. Like I'm already on it. Zone. UTC. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're called Take It, because they know you'll enjoy the snack. Mm. UTC it, it's, it's an instruction. is a program oh. and label for sustainable farming. Oh, that's oh. quite good. Then. Oh my God, so it's like, it's good for the environment and it tastes good in my mouth hole. And you will take it? I do also <laughs> like that it's called Sodney Take It. <laughs> Sodney Take It. Sondy. Not Sodomy Take It. in there. That could, yeah. take, that could take I a very wrong twist. Yeah. What else have you been up to this week, Ryan? Avoiding snow. Now, now, as as most regular listeners, I live and work in Birmingham city centre, which means when we had the the faint dusting last week of a foot's worth of snow, the city centre was pretty much paralysed. Buses yeah. were stopped. Trains were cancelled. I walked around the suburb pretending I was in Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. <laughs> you went for a 25-mile cycle ride, then laid in the snow, I believe, mate. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> Somebody took a picture of them putting their face in and then pulling the face out and it looked like Phil Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I have to walk pretty much everywhere in the city centre, and Phil is one of those people who does quite a lot of walking in the city yeah. centre as well. And there's, it was there's one pair of boots that I basically was like worn yes. relentlessly for the last week because they're the only practical shoes I own. Yeah, and it was kind of it was the waste trying to get through because I live by the canal as well, and that having a canal makes it about three degrees colder than anywhere else. And the canal actually froze. Yes, um, it did. It did. Yeah, I tell you what though, my thighs are looking amazing <laughs> right now because it is a workout walking through that snow that deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like sand, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. Like, um, what do you call them? Muscles. That's like the meat string. Yeah. Yeah, well, my meat string is, uh, is, is stacked right now. Yeah, yeah. It's swole, as, as the gym people say. The, gym. <laughs> well, the people will... who reside in the gyms and only come out it's... at night. But because the canals were frozen, I was monitoring what kind of weird stuff that people are throwing into the canals. Do you want to have the list of weird items? Yes. One Nike Air Max black trainer. Just one. Just one. Okay. Three pieces of wood. A can of baked beans. <laughs> that one's weird. Full. 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 Okay. And the ultimate one, a Venetian blind. A full Venetian blind frozen into the middle of the canal. See, I think someone was trying to assemble a golem. And <laughs> <laughs> like the beans with the heads. <laughs> the wood with like the limbs. Yeah. It was, it was just... a one-legged man wanting to have a bonfire and cook himself some beans. Or, or, <laughs> while shading himself with his Venetian blind. Or you were witnessing the aftermath of a really brutal domestic where, you know, when things get just like anything within reaching distance is going to get thrown. Yes, and we all know shoes appear randomly everywhere in the world. They'll I mean, appear on telephone lines at the side of the road. You will always find just one shoe. Was, was it like the shoe fairy takes the other one? Yes. Was it that is old, her sacrifice? Yeah. Was it an old shoe or was it like still like fresh, like it box pretty, fresh Air Max? It was. It was a very nice trainer, and if I'd had the other one, it would be in my size. I probably would have scooted along <laughs> the ice wow. to get them. They were they were nice trainers. But it was Army the ve- street shoes. But it was the Venetian blind that gets me. Who throws a Venetian blind into a canal in the first place? And how is that state afloat on top of the ice? Now that's an unusual bit of fly tipping, isn't it? Of all the things to d- discard a blind. Hmm. I mean, that's gonna really bother me now for the rest of the day, not knowing the origin of that Venetian well, blind. Well it was it, I would I spent the entire journey to work just thinking how on God's earth did that get there? Because it wasn't like at the side of the canal; it was slap bang in the middle of this wharf area, so which game, was completely like frozen. Environmental storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt like I was in a Bethesda RPG. I have, a, I do have a theory <laughs> that all of these items were dropped by some prehistoric bird <laughs> that was building a nest in one of the tall buildings, like a quetzalcoatl type thing. Yeah. You know, it's, and it was just picking up and just dropped them. You know, obviously we've yeah. been attacked by another animal and stuff. And he just dropped them uh, willy nilly in the. In the if canal. you threw a Venetian blind into the rivers of Birmingham, <laughs> please let us know at Geeky Ruby on Twitter. Exactly. Was, it the, was, was the canal frozen enough for a hound to run across it? There was footprints, but I think they were cat footprints rather than a dog. But a, a small to medium sized dog could have possibly got away with it. Question. It wasn't full on Roland Emmerich day after tomorrow. Here's yeah. a boat in the middle of the road. Could I have? Could I have got my? Could I have taken my shoes off, got socks on, and ran and like ran across the canal, like slid, or would it have cracked? Was it too? I, I didn't have my ice measuring stick with me to tell you how thick the ice was, unfortunately. But it did support the weight of a shoe, some wood, a can of beans, and a Venetian blind. I so, it, so it might have supported my fact. weight. 
So I could have if just you like... weigh the same as a Venetian blind, a can of baked beans, get a sandwich in and you, a shoe. <laughs> yes. Have you have an eating disorder? <laughs> Had anybody etched a ice phallus into the? No, I did. I, no, I etched my own ice phallus in the snow on the way home because that is mandatory. You cannot not have snow and not create an ice phallus. I mean, fair. It, it's it's the ultimate thing. Did, has anybody seen that news article in Sweden where they drew a giant phallus on the river? The the council come and wiped it away, so they then drew one ten times the size in the middle of a lake. Did you see there's one on top of the multi-story car parks in Birmingham? No. <laughs> See, I always, I always disappointed though because the, the when they etch it in, it should be like a snowman. It should be proud with a couple of. Couple, I really like the way you say couple snowman. snowman. Like couple a of. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, what do you do for a living? I am a snowman, sir. <laughs> well, Michael Keaton does have previous. <laughs> it's seasonal work, but you know I get it where I can. Well, I'm an Ironman, me. <laughs> Imagine that though, while your career is you're a seasonal snowman worker in like a mall in a shopping centre. <laughs> I've got an uncle who's actually uh, um, he does a Christmas job as a, uh, a shopping centre father Christmas, uh, and he's a man of unimpeachable morals as well, <laughs> and gets really depressed at the stereotypes. He's a very reasonable man. <laughs> <laughs> he just happens to have a long white beard, so yeah, it's kind Apparently of like- horrendous work. I can imagine. Oh, mm. It's the worst. Yeah. Imagine the snot, the the crying, the weeing, the. It's the endless exposure to mild disease. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? I want something that's more expensive than my parents' house. I want an immune system. <laughs> <laughs> we seem to have taken Ted into the dark. We did. This is a dark episode. It's getting increasingly hot in here. Sorry, it's blanked out. <laughs> I think it's actually time to crack on with the regular show. So do I. Trailer talk, our occasional wrap-up of what's new coming in the world of Geek. To start us off, HBO's Fahrenheit 451, starring Michael B. Jordan, man of the moment, and worth Michael a watch Shannon. Just be- worth a watch just because him? I mean, uh, yeah, sign me up, I'm in. Sold, yeah. shut up and take my money, I will watch him in anything. Yes, and Michael Shannon, who is in the other hot film at the moment, Lady in the Water. Um, Shape of Water. <laughs> Lady, in the water. <laughs> Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water was not a hot film even at the time, Ryan. <laughs> Lady in the Water does describe half of the movie. But <laughs> so Fahrenheit was a good trailer, but how are they going to get around the issue that like so much of all content now is stored online and books are kind of a nice to have? Well, what I gathered from the trailer is they talk about and the internet as like it's something that did exist but no longer exists. It's, okay. I, I, I had the same thought when I was watching the trailer. Of I, It's obviously when Ray Bradbury wrote it, it was very of its time. Um, I mean, the trailer itself, it doesn't really do much apart from just lay out, this is the basic premise of Fahrenheit 451. Very atmospheric, though. Um, and basically, like Callum was saying, it's Michael B. Jordan, so I would, I would sit yeah. and watch him read the phone book. It, it feels it was one of the most engaging of the lot, actually, yeah. trailer-wise. It feels like it's... This HBO is trying to find something to replace Game of Thrones, so this is why we've had Westworld, so and they're reviving is this old. A, is this a movie or a miniseries? It's a miniseries, but I think they're trying to see if they can possibly spin it out a bit longer. What the feel of it? Okay. Uh, I, I don't think that's a good idea, really. Yeah, I was kind of um, looking at it as being something that kind of is along the line of what they did with The Handmaid's Tale. Recently. Yeah, and it would be a bit, maybe you could stretch it out to two series and kind of, kind of pad out the book yeah. a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm going to say the original film is a fantastic piece of cinema. Yeah. It still holds up to this day, and it's it was very futuristic for its time, and it still it still has that kind of retro futurism, which is it's 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 a good film. If you've never watched it, I do urge you to watch it. And I um I like the trailer seems to sort of address that it's going to be a, an updated, relevant version of the story. Um, I think it's going to have things to say about you know um, fake news and and the importance of you know freedom of access to information and things like that. Well, it's if a great we, story to be telling right yeah. now. Yeah. I think so long as they get around some of the big potential massive plot holes or you know uh, premise holes, I yeah. guess, then it could be great. It well, just needs to do that. To recap the synopsis, so Fahrenheit 451, based on Ray Radley's classic novel, as we mentioned, in a future where the media is an opiate, history is rewritten and firemen burn books. Jordan plays Guy Montag, a young fireman who struggles with his role as law enforcer with his, and with his mentor, played by Shannon, premiering sp- Spring. So it sounds like all media is controlled, a bit like 1984 mm. in this, and any written history is automatically destroyed, burnt away. So m- the masses are controlled through media consumption. I suppose if they take that spin of like all knowledge and all power is done digitally, and so kind of wiping out all of the printed word so that everything can be fed directly to people through a digital means that can be manipulated and done so it could, it could be interesting. That's a really good spin on it, actually. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it is something that we're seeing today in parallels in modern society where books are still banned in this in this world and day and age, which yeah. is a really weird thing to think in the year 2018. That so any, any kind of idea can be deemed as dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think... Um, I think it has the potential to be really great if, like, say, if, if it can overcome some of the, the sort of I think the, it, the bumps it, in translation in bringing it, it into. If it avoids what's happened with Philip K. Dick's Electric Dream series, which has been on Channel Four, which has had some decent episodes and some not so great episodes, oh, if it avoids that, that kind was of, a mess because it's like, how do you take you know a short story that maybe was only four pages long and bring it to an hour of television, and that's yeah. why half of them just didn't work because the stories didn't have satisfying endings. You know, there, there wasn't that kind of like concrete plot it was just here's an interesting idea should have called it slack mirror <laughs> <laughs> but that's thing philip a dick stories are never going to be a nice resolution the whole thing yeah. is they're a dark parallel it's never going to come out as a nice fluffy thing at the end of it or end with and this is why your phone is bad yes <laughs> tweet tweet that stop looking through this yeah. and then tell me on social media i think is <laughs> just going to have to take the approach of being a riff on the ideas contained within the book, not an adaptation, strictly an adaptation. Correct. So I'm kind of thinking the idea of like subversive groups using print as a way of getting their message out rather than being online, whereas all of us at the moment are always kind of doing stuff online and yeah. putting things down in, in, on paper and write things. I'm really the idea of pushing that. Yeah. yeah, that I think that would be the exciting thing that it's kind of like I'm feeling this is going to be a bit V for Vendetta, be 1984 totalitarian, totalitarian yeah, government who so, control yeah. all consumption. I was going to say that's something we sort of, we sort of dusted around it. We didn't really touch on it properly, but like with social media and like how many people get the news through social media and the influence and control that those sites have, in that theoretically they could cut off and control what is sent to you. Restricting your flow of news. Well, we get in this outside of even outside of a government organization. Facebook is a primary news source for people under thirty. I think it's sixty percent of under thirties. They 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 go to Facebook and Twitter for their news. These are unregulated bodies, and they're manipulating content as well, which has been proven. It's it's um it's not about what serves the public interest. It's about what serves the advertisers. Yeah. 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 
Moving along to our next trailer. Uh, classic 60s TV series has been revived by Netflix, which is Lost in Space. We're Can't back with the this. Robinson family. Oh, it's Can't wait for this. I was so checked out of this until Parker Posey showed up in the trailer, and she just brings something special to material that maybe isn't all that. So I was like, oh, this just doesn't look like it's for me. And then Parker Posey shows up. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I will. Because if she's in it, there's going to be something something oh, interesting. He did that thing at the end of the trailer of having the solemn, like, single finger on a piano playing yeah. the classic 60s theme tunes. It's just like, everything does that. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. It just seemed like a template reboot. I mean, it's it's based off Swiss Family Robinson. So it's, it goes even further back to this Victorian right, era yeah. of the whole off shipwreck off course um robot sounded terrible the way they've oh, done the, the voice yeah. Yeah. The, robot doesn't, the, in the trailer it appears that the robot isn't actually part of the crew like in the yeah. show yeah. it's, yeah. Kind of it's an, an alien, alien planet of some kind. yeah yeah but i think one thing they didn't make clear in the trailer which is surprising is the fact that the dr smith character in this reboot is is a woman not a man and they don't make that clear at all in the um, oh, really? in, no. in the in this trailer. Yeah. But it shouldn't really matter anyway what gender it is. But it's, it's I suppose it's them trying to do a twist on the original telling yeah. of the story. But it 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 felt too. There's an issue at the moment which I'm having with a lot of sci-fi, and it's all it's got to be explosions. It's got to be visually assaulting. It's more yeah. about what's on screen rather than why it's on screen. And I'm getting very disappointed. There's not enough plot in stuff and nowadays. Star and it's Trek just... Discovery struck that balance correctly, yeah. but with something like Lost in Space. I mean, it's on Netflix, and so you know, it's, when it drops on Netflix, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be something where even if you're not massively compelled to on a Sunday afternoon, it's a binge you, you might end up yeah. watching a few. Um, I just can't imagine it's going to be doing anything particularly new or exciting. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It could just be, like, a fun way to spend a few hours. But if they've pumped millions of dollars into it, I kind of want to get some bang for my buck. And I'm not just talking about things blowing up. I want an actually interesting story. Yeah. So um, it'll be, I mean, I, I think it is large, apart from Parker Posey, I think Damien Lewis was in the trailer. I, I think the rest, of, like, the, the rest of the family is played by unknowns. So maybe there'll be some good performances or some good characterization, but I'm not really holding out much hope. It's premiering April 13th on Netflix in the US. I'm not sure if it's the same day in the UK, but it's usually pretty good currently. But um, I'm not holding out massive hope, but it might might surprise us. It might be a case of they've done the usual and shoved everything into the trailer to make it look like it's a big... I quite like the the original 60s show. I quite like the uh, Matt LeBlanc. Film, well, the, I, the Apollo- I'm an apologist for that film. I think Heather Graham, Matt LeBlanc, Gary Oldman. It was it was right. it's, it's a fun romp. That it's Apollo not a lost in space in its traditional sense, but it's, it's a not a bad. It's movie. a very like nine. Oh, and it had Gretchen Wieners in it from Mean yeah. Girls. And it has a was it? It was very nineties okay. sci-fi. Yeah. Gary Oldman was Mr. And it was yeah. a very good interpretation. And he that was, Apollo 440 theme. Incredibly creepy. Yeah. that Apollo 440 theme was great as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually. It wasn't yeah, a single finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the exact opposite of that, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that film is worth a rewatch as well. So it might be worth rewatching the original 60s. Because I haven't got the original 60s series on Netflix, which I found a bit odd, because you think they'd rewarm people's memories of that I wonder before. how dated it is, though. I mean, well, Star really, Trek's dated, but we still enjoy watching I was it. I say that the black and white version of the show is far superior to the, when it went colour. When it went colour, it went kind of batshit nuts. Right. Um, the, Keith, the language. <laughs> language, Keith. Oh, did I say? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know all the crazy stuff that goes down in bed sits. Yes. There should be a bed sitcom. Just like Mark, Mark Almond always said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if 
Next one along, Legion Season 2. So I've just started watching Legion. I haven't seen it Season 1, so the trailer made no sense, but it was visually fun to watch. Yeah, what was going on? Right, so Legion Season 1. Basically, Legion is a spin-off from the X-Men movies. So this is, spoilers, Professor X's son. Oh, that's Legion of X-Men! Yes. Okay, so it's Professor X's son. He's been committed to a mental institute, and he basically doesn't think his powers are real, but stuff keeps happening all around him. Which is, and then the kind of first series delves into this whole: Am I an actual mutant? Am I crazy, or am I both? Right. Okay. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna. Yes. But this, this is this is the best trailer in this whole list. Not only was it one of the best shows on TV last year, kicking all of your other terrible shows like Westworld into touch, <laughs> Legion was by far the most spectacularly brilliant show on TV last year. And this trailer takes what it did last year and makes it look like 20 times better. And it's got everything you want in a TV show. Audrey Plaza, Jermaine Clements, Bill Irwin. It's like, this looks the, the best show yeah. of all time. And I should dance- fancy you for, for dissing Westworld, <laughs> but I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I stand by my, my, my Westworld dislike. I've just pretty much watched the first episode because it's now available on streaming services. But Dan Stevens, my God, where's that guy been hiding for years? He's been he's a really, really good casting for this is a really good protagonist he's sort of he's moved away from like the merchant ivory branding and now he's actually like a really edgy interesting actor to watch The Guest was one of the best films uh, that year that it came out yeah um, and he was compelling in that not just because he wore a towel for quite a lot of it Um, (laughs) he does he plays crazy in a way that's just really compelling but I think it's on Amazon Prime now at the moment streaming or is it Netflix one of the two. It's, 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 it's on. Uh, it's on a streaming service. It's shot beautifully. It's just yes. edited fantastically. It's just. It is a great, great show. All yes. right, all right. So, and as I said, the first episode, I was completely. Uh, it took me about an hour and a half to work out what I'd watched after watching it. It's that insane. It's really, really good to watch though. Um, coming on to another Marvel property, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. This seems to be aiming for the young adult this is like a YA market. Well, it's, on, it's airing on Freeform, which is like a very, it's like a youth programming youth. platform. Yeah. Yes. Um, the trailer told me nothing. But I quite liked that. I liked that it was just, here's a vibe. We're not going to overload you and give you the entire plot summary and every character breakdown in a trailer in the way that like The Gifted did, for instance. Aesthetically, it was more interesting than the other trailers. Yeah. Yes, I love the split screen. Um... And yeah, I love that it's just like here is a day in the life of these characters. You know nothing about them other than like they are otherworldly in some way. And they're pretty much unknowns. They've cast with Olivia Holt and Aubrey Joseph, so yeah. we've not really seen them before in anything big. So um, I never recognise any of these kids anyway. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I'm <laughs> going to be interested to, to check it out. So the history of the characters is um, Dagger can emit daggers of light and throw them, and Cloak basically can engulf others in darkness. So it's a case of. Do their powers complement each other? Weird kind of thing. Right. Keith probably could tell me a bit more about that because I'm not well, a series I really picked up. How they kind of deal with it because one of the other big powers that um, Dagger's got is being able to cure people of addiction. Because as in the comics, that, that, um, written by one of the great underrated writers in comics, Bill Mantelow, who, who created a lot of amazing characters for, for Marvel during his tenure, um, it was all based around addiction. It was kind of very much it's grounded in that kind of same kind of world as things like Daredevil and kind of the Jessica Jones kind of uh, thing. So they yeah. come from a similar kind of Hell's Kitcheny area of New York. So mm-hmm. they're both characters who were part of like experimental drug 
um, things. So I'm kind of curious to how they kind of lever in that slightly sinister adult aspect. Oh, it depends on how much this. of that story they're going to carry yeah, through. I mean, I'm hoping they do a kind of Riverdale-esque type thing with it, and it's kind of teen leads, but actually the story's much more kind of... I don't want to say mature, because mature belittles the things that... that yeah, the yeah. But into, more, but it's like, more, you know, much more kind of... Um, more know. real, more soft, yeah, not like soapy. I don't want it to be kind of like soapy. No, it does, I, I, you don't want it to become like a CW show where it's just yeah, more yeah. revolving around. Because the characters have got enough, enough depth to go into some really dark territory yeah. about the kind of uh, the, the cruelty and, and horrors of addiction. Talking of dark, the next series coming from ABC, which I was quite surprised about, is The Crossing. Because I've not really heard much about this online. No. Uh, I mean, as soon as it said from the network that brought you Lost, I kind of, like, my eyes glazed over. That's when I checked out, yeah. Uh, it's, it's basically Lost meets the 4400. Yeah. So it's basically, um, the plot is 47 refugees come from 108 years in the future and arrive on this shore on the Oregon coast. Wasn't that an episode of South Park? <laughs> refugees from the future coming and stealing our jobs could be but, you know, uh, my, my take on this trailer was I thought the beginning was fascinating when they find the body of the kid washed up and they're yeah. alive and there's all these people coming out the sea and they're like well sir your birth date is 150 years in the future how can this be and it says well we're fleeing the war I was like okay this is really interesting and then uh, then you've got a woman leaping around a warehouse and superpowers are involved, yet more bloody superpowers and how many of them out there have got powers. And it's like, why did it have to be about powers? Why can't it just be an interesting drama about refugees from the future? Why do people always have to bloody leap? And you can tell that they've written it to be like steeped in all this mythology that really isn't going to make sense. Because it's like, oh, and they're not the first ones to come. It's like some others have al- are already here. And it's just like, it's going to maybe be compelling to watch for the pilot. I, I th- and then it's going to Collapse under the weight of its own. Oh my god! And it's when when um, <laughs> when he says uh, when the girl says we were running from the war, and he says there, is, there isn't a war. And I I said it out loud as she did. I knew what Not that line was. Yet. There will be. It's yeah. like oh, because here's a creepy little girl from the future. So of course she's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> left right the reason I picked this one because I really like Steve Zahn as an yeah, actor, and he doesn't get enough screen time. And it was nice to see him get in a bit of a lead role in this one. Is that, is that the sheriff? Yes, a sheriff doing yoga. I quite like that bit actually. Yeah, yeah that was cool. <laughs> It's kind of a bit like they took Lost and Heroes and just mashed them all together yeah. and that's what they want to do. And the other thing is they're going to love it in America because Bush do the theme song. So like, Oh, I mean, I do love Bush. I mean, that's the only time you're ever going to hear me say that. Gavin uh, okay. Rossdale. He could still get it. So it's airing on ABC on April the 2nd in the States and we'll see, have to see who picks it up over I, here. I, I mm. struggle to see who would get it very quickly. I'm thinking, yeah. if you know what... E4 if, if it's, yeah, or if it's one of those things where, like, like Riverdale where it pops up on Netflix the day after, yeah. I, I might get into it then or I'll, I would at least try it but I'm not going to go out of my way. I think they're trying to sell it as a new Twin Peaks but I'm doubtful oh it's just going to well, fall as, very as soon, short. As soon as the trailer showed a sheriff going to what looked like a dead body in the beach I was like, we have seen this. Yeah. If it's not Twin Peaks, it's The Killing, yeah. which is in, in itself a, a remix of Twin Peaks. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I was, I, in a way, I was like, it was quite a relief to see. Oh no, the body, like it's, they're alive. That yeah. was that that subverted yeah. my expectations. That's then, when I got interested. Yeah, but then it sort of devolved into here a load of other genre cliches yeah. mashed together in an omelette of references. There's a lot of that disappeared stuff in it as well. Isn't yeah, it? Kind of like, as I said, 4400, and yeah. it's 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 been a story that we've seen multiple times. I'll happily lick the egg, but I expect yeah. a better yolk. <laughs> 
I'm sorry I'm being such a negative guy. <laughs> no, it's trailers. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> what we're here for. We can have strong opinions either way. Um, talking of strong opinions, the next one we have coming up is the first animated one we touched on, which is Batman Ninja. <laughs> Can't <laughs> wait for this. <laughs> Cannot wait for this. It is absolutely crazy. Yes. Absolutely crazy, but I'm all for it. The bit where he gives a bit of sad narration that his motorbike's broken. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm a ninja. It's the most outrageous premise. I thought the animation style was kind of fascinating. This is the only one I showed my other half. I said, you know, you have to see how incomprehensible this is. I think I've just worked out what the difference is between good and commendable. <laughs> so so the, the synopsis for this is basically Gorilla Grodd's made a tone displacement machine, took loads of Batman villains back to the feudal Japan era, and they're now like warlords in control of Japan. And then Batman has to then go back in time, no gadgets, rely on his intellect and his allies and his strengths to then defeat these feudal lords in Japan who are like going to be the Joker, Gorilla Grodd, uh, Batman villains, and he's taking Catwoman and the rest of the Batman family with him to fight these feudal Jap- Japanese lords. The animation looks absolutely stunning. It That's looks so beautiful. It's, it's Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. <laughs> but as, animated and Batman. Uh, and, and you got time hopping. You've got. It's kind of a, it's kind of like an Elseworlds Batman story. Remember that? that yeah, I don't think there's the kind of the white savior thing that was going on in no. Samurai because I think just trying to undo the influence of the, the villains. I think it's more closer to that terrible film that Keanu Reeves got attached to. Oh, terrible! You calling Forty Seven Ronin terrible? Yes. We, I mean, we, we, we all know by now that Keith is a giant Keanu stan. Yes. But yeah, I think the other thing as well is that seek out the trailer in its Japanese form. Yeah, yes. the Japanese trailer is so much better. The English version, any, anything dubbed from Japanese into English always comes across as five times dumber than it actually is <laughs> uh, but, in real life. It did seem very dumb, yes. But they brought back quite a few of the old Batman voices, voice actors from previous versions of the shows yeah, it's nice. and it's, it's you're going to have two versions basically you get one in from animated series nah. no no mm-hmm. but if it's not Kevin Conroy it's not Batman I think there's two versions basically so there'll be a Japanese language and an English yeah. language version available on the Absolutely. Blu-ray it's slash Japanese Steam. production yes yeah. Yeah. but they've dubbed it for the US audience that as well that explains why the title is so rubbish as well because it's presumably lost in translation yeah. right well, no it's just Batman Ninja in Japan as well I just guess that makes more sense in context. I yeah. would call it Ninja Batman. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. Ninja but Batman sounds so much better now. Bat Ninja, come on. Yes. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with a crafty old portmanteau? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought throwing it in because it's it was probably the most visually different. It was when I was sat watching all of the trailers um, with my morning coffee today, it was the most fun to watch. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, I have no idea what's going on, but this is all very pretty. Yeah, and it's like, I'm signed up for this. Yeah. If, even, if, if, even if it's going to be terrible, it'll still be amusing to yeah, watch. I, I'm allowed to watch it. You know. I, do uh, like, I do like a cel-shaded CGI. Yes. Um, and it's interesting seeing them doing these different versions of Batman. So we've had Gotham by Gaslight, and I want to see different versions mm. rather than the same dull, miserable version of New York, which we constantly have to see with Gotham. The same, oh, I'm a very angry old bat. <laughs> and it's just, I'm sick of that. Explore your characters, do more fun things because you'll end up with a lot. I wish whoever they're putting in charge of selecting the animated Batman movies was in charge of the DCU because it would be so much better if it was run by the person that's coming up with like who's making these animated movies. They're fantastic. Yeah, well, and the, the premises are a bit all over the place. 
at yeah. the moment. The tone of them is just yeah. like all over the place. So it's like when Suicide Squad came out, they did a few that were kind of like, oh, let's be like Suicide Squad. But the best ones that have come out recently have been the Batman 66. Yeah. yeah. With the Adam West voices, they were really good. And I think it's Batman Ninja that's it's been taken away from the kind of Western style. Yeah, it's that and whole... It, that Japanese twist. Yeah, and I, think, and I think it's been a good where it's actually basically given it to Japanese animators and just said, go... Go wild, yeah, go I mean, nuts. Yeah, a little bit of when uh, the um, the animated Matrix films yeah. came out, or the Matrix films, something. And they were brilliant. The Animatrix was like more it, um, interesting than the second two Matrix yeah. films yeah. because it was yeah. all so many different visual I mean the, the CGI one was like oh here we've, we've CGI crafted a woman's naked bum whatever yes. but the actual <laughs> yeah. anime stuff in there the oh god it is so cool. and they've done it with Batman before I think it was just before Dark Knight came out they did yeah. a uh, Gotham Knight or Gotham yeah, Knight yeah. animation yeah. Similar studios that were coming out, and that was infinitely better than any of Christopher Nolan's live actions. And I will stand by that. Yeah, and I said it's a very, I wouldn't say brave decision for DC to allow them to do it, but I applaud them for doing yeah. it and yeah. allowing them to do something different rather than the same turgid repeat. I mean, if you look at the Marvel's animated collection at the moment, it's pretty much just the MCU on screen. And there's no differentiation. Yeah. So they might as well keep innovating and yeah. see if something really takes off. Yeah, and it's nice to see. Right. I know we all have issues with this. <laughs> I've saved it till last. Obi Wan Kenobi plays with bears. Ugh. Christopher Robin. I loved it. Why? <laughs> Why? It was really sweet. It was really, really sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm normally I'm the one with the unpopular opinions on this show, hey, but hey. hey. <laughs> I. The the whole opening of the trailer was so movie by numbers. Mark Gatiss playing the, the mean old boss who's like, no, no, you aren't allowed your family because work, 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 do work, work, work. It's a kid's film, right? Yeah. Um, you, and then, oh, and, and here's Hayley Outwell in what's going to be a woefully underwritten role as the patient wife, um, which is a sin. Mm. Um, and then you've got that sort of the the end beat of the trailer where, like, his, you know, where the teddy bear arrives and it's like, oh, I, I get it. You want... Paddington success. I just <laughs> thought it was really touching that last what, scene. This, and this is the thing, I, I'm impatient with it, I'm already over it, but I know that if I ever sit down and watch it, that scene where um, the bear reaches out and touches his face, I'm going to be bawling. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. it made me, hey, so it made me <laughs> I'm avoiding it for my own, my own well-being. Right. <laughs> it's not going to be as bad as this god-awful Peter Rabbit movie that's coming out soon. Oh, <laughs> Nothing oh, will be as bad as God. Peter Rabbit. This is why I reacted really positively to Christopher Robin, because now, okay, I don't want to sound like some sort of like 19th century prude, but like there seems to be this big trend now of taking beloved children's properties and just making them skateboarding assholes who take selfies. And like throwing raspberries at somebody who's it, allergic to... It, it was just really <laughs> sentimental and pure and sweet, and we need more of that. Well, I'm going to go for the cast. So we've got some really big names in here from the British scene. So we've got Ewan McGregor as Chris Robin. Who just needs just somebody please give him the Obi Wan movie so we can get all past that because it's going to be <laughs> hype to death regardless. Haley Atwell, as we said, as his wife Evelyn, who you would probably say is going to be underwritten. Uh, Bronte Carmichael as his daughter Madeline. Mark Gattis as Keith Winslow, who's going to be his boss. Uh, we've got the voice of Jim Cummings as Winnie the Pooh. I don't think anybody else could possibly. Is that, so is that the original Pooh voice? Because I was going to say that yes. did sound. Yeah, that's exactly. so heartbreaking. It's the yeah. same dude, but he's really old. But this is when I have issues because now you've got Chris O'Dowd as Tigger. Uh, oh, really? Brad Garrett oh. as Eeyore. Who? Brad Garrett. I don't know who that is. Toby Jones as Owl. 
Okay, yeah. Nick Mohammed as Piglet. <gasps> Peter Capaldi as Rabbit. Okay. That's and weird, but... Sophie yeah. Okonedo as Kanga. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm on board with most of those. Chris O'Dowd is a O'Dowd big miss for me, but I think the most of the voice casting, yeah, though... Okay, so it's not just winning the poo, it's all of the lot. It's going to be the whole lot and, from 100 Acre Wood. And presumably it's going to be like... Basically, it's just going to be like Hook, but with Pooh Bear. Where it's, it's like, this is what happens to Chris and it's, after it's, he grows up. It's part of this Disney live-action revival that they're trying to do. Childhood world, and it's yeah. learn a lesson about like family is more important than your job. There, I've just spoiled the ending for you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I suspect he will. I don't know if anybody saw last year, there was a film called Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Uh, yes, which was a much more kind of realistic take on the actual events surrounding oh. Christopher Robin's life, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was really good. Donald Gleeson, Donald Gleeson was in it. Yeah. Margot Robbie was in it. I thought it was much more interesting in terms of the impact on Christopher Robin being this subject. Everybody was like fascinated with him as a person because he was the, the hook that they could get into in terms of like he was toured around the world to kind of do signings really? and stuff. And he, so like, I know little about really traumatized him, and he ended up he, he ends up only in a bookshop in a small village somewhere just trying to try escape from this. Yeah, because um, that's the thing. So he, he went on. It was kind of like a, yes. a, a biographical take on what was happening. And you had like the toys are in, I think it's the Smithsonian in the US, the yeah, original yeah. set of toys. So it was which... kind of like the, the cultural impact of the, 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 the poo stories, also in terms of what was happening in the UK at the time with the war and all the rest of it. So it's really quite interesting culturally the significance of, of, of Winnie the Pooh. And I think the thing with this is it's the, it's the Disney version of those characters, but not in an animated style. Which kind of just pulled me out of it a little bit. I would have much preferred it to just be a, a Winnie the Pooh. Mm. Uh, I don't need the I don't need the real interaction with Christopher Robin, unless he's just kind of like. I, it's it's a really good point actually. If you're blurring the lines of actual biographical work that's been done, you might leave people with the impression that in some way that was a treatment of what actually happened. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the, the, the impression I got from the life of the Goodbye Christopher Robin was Christopher wanted to distance as an adult wanted to distance himself from the Pooh stories because it was. He really kind of traumatised him as a young child about this kind of craziness well, that people had. He, he was that kind of child superstar which we get yeah. nowadays, and mm-hmm. people and, and like the whole Judy Garland thing with with the world. Yeah, when it's was that's that's the, a subplot of you know the movie Gone Girl being yeah. uh, being the character in a famous series of children's books turns you into a psychopath mm-hmm. because you you would never stand up to the fictionalised version that everyone has in their head of you. Yeah, and they idealise you. And, and the, they are always let down by the. And the thing is, and it is the thing with the media stars from childhood is we always see this kind of progression where they'll be the cleaner, whiter than white, held up to perfect standards, and then we'll see there's the fall. A fall from grace. Yeah, there's always a massive from, well, fall. You know, Britney yeah. Spears, Drew Barrymore, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. We've seen it. What's the comic series that was about this? Was it unwritten or something like that? It was about a kid who was like the inspiration for like a Harry Potter character, and they grow up and go bananas. Unwritten is that? Was it that, that? Is it unwritten? Because that was the Mike Carey uh, book. We'll go back to that. I remember it was, it was mm-hmm. good. But I was going to say, it's. <laughs> I have issues. I think it's either going to be a By the Numbers Paddington movie and they're expecting the franchise, or it could be something really touching at the same time. But yeah. I think it's going to. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's going to be a really interesting take on the story. I'm just so bloody sentimental. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just hearing Jim Cummins' voice as Pooh. That, and that was for the that bit that me out. Yeah, that was the bit that I was like, okay, actually, you might be able to like punch me in the heart a little bit yeah. with this one. Um, but and like with Nate was saying, I'm just happy that when Pooh Bear showed up, he wasn't like wearing a sideways cap and rapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Poochie. <laughs> but it's something we saw even in. Um, Inside Out, the movie, the whole your childhood fantasy and your childhood friends, and you forget about them. And then there's the whole th- scene with Bing Bong coming back. I think it's touching that kind of nerve of... Hey, look, let's change the subject. <laughs> I don't want to cry on air. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that kind of feel is what I get for this movie, is rediscovering something from your it's, past. It's interesting, I think, in terms of the time we're at, this yeah. idea of, of us seeking out and reaching for those nostalgic hooks that remind us that actually the world's not a goddamn awful place mm-hmm. I think that's where it's going to work is people go to the cinema wanting to connect with a past that reminds them that actually there is some good out there so does that mean that this is, this is a Disney movie that's going to be more for adults than for children because children aren't going to be like oh I want, I want to go see a movie about yeah. a middle aged man and his imaginary friend it's, uh, 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 it's going to be weird because Beauty and the Beast was a pretty much shot for shot remake of the original animated film whereas this is a live action adaptation with something completely different we've got the new Mary Poppins movie coming up which they didn't recruit Michael Rooker for which I'm still upset about oh. <laughs> uh, hopefully he'll have a cameo yes. I'm hoping for a cameo just from him just a, a cameo I, would be yeah, nice I want Emily Blunt to be playing her character from Devil Wears Prada <laughs> oh. which, which oh. is like I want less of this and more of this and she's like shut up or just have them walk into a scene and just have Guardians of the Galaxy 2 just playing in the background of yeah. that scene. I think by the very nature it's not animated, yeah. it means they're pitching it at an older audience. Yeah. Because mm. uh, we all know when, that as far as movie going audiences are concerned, cartoons are for kids. And so anything like that yeah. is like, it's, mm. it's, they're going to be aiming for that slightly kind of, I think, you know, eight, tens plus. I'm going to be so interested when the, Ninja Scroll gets its anniversary release and you yeah. take the kids to watch that one. Because I think there was, there, there's been some Pooh TV shows on the Disney Channel and kind of... Oh, right. Winnie the Pooh, not just generally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that would be those kids that can maybe watched it when yeah. it was on TV a few mm. years ago. Oh. I wish it well. Finishing on Disney XD has been Star Wars Rebels, which has had four seasons of possibly some of the greatest Star Wars work we've seen from Dave Filoni post The Clone Wars. Keith... The question is, do we think Star Wars animated complements movies? It's better than the movies? <laughs> Are we expecting any money? No. Complements movies is better than the movies or could be greater than the movies? Um, personally, in some instances, uh, I would say that the animated series have, have, have far exceeded any mm-hmm. live action stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of the first one that I really uh, were watching was the uh, Gendy Tatovsky um, mm-hmm. series of Clone Wars, having been a big fan of his um, Samurai Jack series. Uh, and it's kind of filled in the gap between the end of the Clone Wars and the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And actually, at that point, it was the best version of Star Wars I'd seen. Uh, I think... For it was when it was aired on Cartoon Network. It was it was basically vignettes, wasn't it? It, it was, was uh, segments, yeah. it was all five minute segments, which are then uh, released on DVD as pretty much a ex- extended edition with all the characters in. Um, but to me, it is one of the defining moments of the Star Wars series. You got a Grievous that was actually a threat. Yeah. Uh, you had a 
you had amazing little sits, even though it's now legends and not canon. Uh, I'd say again, the Hard Hustle series is worth watching if you've liked any kind of Star Wars at all, ever. Yeah, they've got one episode which is almost completely silent yeah. during um, Mace Windu, and, it, and it's it's stunning. And then you know they introduce all of the other Jedi that you've seen in, in um, Clone Wars, so you get a whole a whole episode of Kit Fisto mm-hmm. uh, on the Mon Calamari home planet. It, it's just stunning. It, it's yeah. beautifully done. It was it was a really amazing piece of. of expanding the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Flipping over to Dave Filoni's work, so Dave Filoni's now been steering um, pretty much n- nine to ten series worth of quality Star Wars content. So we've had the Clone Wars the series, which brought us Ashoka, which has been one of the expanded universe's favourite characters ever to appear. Uh, we've had mm. an actual backstory for Anakin and motivation, and actually it fills in that whole massive gap between two and three, and it actually makes Anakin a character that you appreciate. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw Clone Wars when it, when it first came out. The first kind of bit was a film, so I actually went to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was an actual film, and it was a. I think it started off being child friendly in, in a kind of way that kind of you know perhaps uh, Disney were looking for, or Lucas Arts were looking for at a time where it was like a little bit. So Anakin was all kind of he called Ahsoka snips, and he was mm-hmm. a bit funny and a bit kind of like slapsticky. Um, I think it grew over the season. As time went on, it became a very deep, thoughtful, often melancholy look at the effects of war. Mm-hmm. It became very much kind of this was the this was what was going on. And we had some stunning episodes as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's pretty much a D-Day landing episode, which is the landing on Umbra, which is is a shocking piece of thing that it got away with it actually being in a cartoon. And it, it was really interesting as well because it played out of order. The chronology of the series isn't mm-hmm. uh, consistent. You know, they flip backwards and forwards between time periods, and it introduces. It makes all of the clones really interesting mm-hmm. in terms of uh, giving them the proper characteristics yeah. and making them seem more like individuals. And um, moving on to Rebels, you get some of those characters reappear through that series as well. I mean, Rebels. The first two seasons were slightly ropier than. Again, it suffered from that first season of kind of like it was aimed a little bit more towards a kind of younger audience, so it was mm-hmm. a bit slapstick, a bit funny. But again, they kind of just went with it and it became, yeah. you know, Rebels has ended up being a phenomenally great piece mm-hmm. of Star Wars history. And it's added some characters into canon now, which will be around a very long time. And I think when we get Dave Filoni's next season, it's going to be some stunning stuff that we're going to do where he's built on these nine series worth of work. We've got the whole mythology he's brought in with the triumvirate of jedi where we have the father the son and the daughter who represent balance good and evil in the force and that's carried through across both series that theme well the rebels as well gives us the first look into the force as being an all-encompassing force that actually affects everything humans animals the, the light really defines what force is <laughs> so answer to the question is yes definitely do go and check it out really recommend yenadi's tartoski series uh, just if you've liked any kind of Star Wars ever, and if you have the time, revisiting the Clone Wars and watching Star Wars Rebels, it's definitely worth your time. If you haven't seen it, is it what's the best part of get? What's the best way to get into the animated series? Is it to go Clone Wars Rebels? Or- I think Clone Wars would give you a much richer experience and when viewing Rebels because it has so much backstory which crosses over and so much work that Dave Filoni's built in to merge these two series together it, it gave the Clone Wars the finish it should have had in the first place in Rebels you can find 
Geeky Rummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on the Yow Chowbs. Go and watch our Yow Chowb stuff. We really like it. If you would, go and like and subscribe to our Yow Chowb channel. Uh, drop us an email, hello at geekyrummy.com. And just in general, get in touch. Say hello. Uh, we'll catch you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.